This is Michelle Gibbs. My husband Mike and I have been married for 16 years and we live in Idaho with our five children. The oldest is 14 and the youngest is one year old. I love studying the scriptures and preparing for this podcast every week really helps me to have more inspiration and revelation for my own life and also for my family. Join me each week as I share some of the thoughts that I have as I study the scriptures using the Come Follow Me course by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This week we're studying Alma chapters 43 through 52. Now, I love this section of the Book of Mormon. For one, it's interesting to read, but also I love hearing about all the strategies and things that the Nephites use in order to win these battles against the Lamanites. And I love that Heavenly Father blesses them with the knowledge that they need to outsmart the Lamanites even when they're not strong enough to physically. For instance, at the beginning of this week's reading, we have Zarahemna and a group of dissenters with him who are fighting against the Nephites, and Moroni is the captain of the armies of the Nephites, and he prepares his men for battle by giving them armor and breastplates and and helmets and shields so that they can protect their body. And in chapter 43 of Alma, verse 38, it talks about how not very many of the Nephites, compared to the Lamanites, were wounded or killed because of this. It says, There was now and then a man fell among the Nephites by their swords and the loss of blood, they being shielded from the more vital parts of the body, or the more vital parts of the body being shielded from the strokes of the Lamanites by their breastplates and their arm shields and their headplates. And I really like that because spiritually speaking, we need to shield the more vital parts of our spirits. We don't expose ourselves to the things that we know are our weaknesses. We, we have to have spiritual defensive armor, just like the Nephites have this defensive armor to protect the parts of their body that are really susceptible to injury. And for instance, if I have a problem swearing, I shouldn't hang out with people that swear. If I have a problem spending too much time on YouTube, I probably should take the YouTube app off of my phone. I should make sure that I keep my technology use in public spaces, especially if I have a problem viewing inappropriate websites or even spending more time than is really necessary doing social media or other things like that. Now, these are things we should be doing anyway to protect ourselves from potential spiritual harm, but especially we should be doing them if we know that we're prone to certain weaknesses. Alma chapter 48 verse 9 talks a little bit more about this as Moroni prepares the cities of the Nephites for battle against the Lamanites again. And it says, In their weakest fortifications he did place the greater number of men, and thus he did fortify and strengthen the land which was possessed by the Nephites. So at this time Moroni knew the weakest spots of the city and he didn't want them to be weaknesses and so he did extra things to make them even stronger. The Nephites are also a great example of remembering what's the most important and letting that be our cause. 
In chapter 43, verse 45, it says, The Nephites were inspired by a better cause, for they were not fighting for monarchy nor power, but they were fighting for their homes and their liberties, their wives and their children, and their all, yea, for their rights of worship and their church. And the same chapter, verse 47, says, For this cause were the Nephites contending with the Lamanites to defend themselves and their families and their lands, their country and their rights and their religion. And I think that's a good thing for us to remember, especially with all the political unrest today. And sometimes we get into these heated discussions with friends or not friends and people on social media. And it's important for us to remember that we are not on the offensive, but we are to take the defensive to defend our religion and our families and the rights of our country, yes, but we do it in the proper way and without attacking and offending. And Moroni is such a great example of that and his people. And as the Nephites remember God and turn to him, they are blessed. In verse 50 of chapter 43, it says, And they began to stand against the Lamanites with power. And in that selfsame hour that they cried unto the Lord for their freedom, the Lamanites began to flee before them, and they fled even to the waters of Sidon. You know, Heavenly Father is waiting to bless us, waiting for us to ask so that those blessings can come. And as the Nephites prayed, they were blessed. And it's the same with us. Now, Zarahemna is defeated and the first time that Moroni has his army stop he gives Zarahemna the choice to surrender and Zarahemna in chapter 44 verse 9 tells him we are not of your faith we do not believe that it is God that has delivered us into your hands but we believe that it is your cunning that has preserved you from our swords behold it is your breastplates and your shields that have preserved you now sometimes we refuse to see the hand of God in our lives, just like Zarahemna. We attribute our successes to things of the world or things that we do or coincidences, good circumstances. But God uses everyday things to bring about his purposes. Just like it says, small and simple things are great things brought to pass. We read about that last week, I believe. And he uses those small things to bless our lives. And we are... We need to remember to be humble and to recognize those small, tender mercies in our lives in, that are Heavenly Father blessing us through everyday things. After Zarahemna is defeated, later on comes Amalickiah, and he wants to be king. He ends up leaving the Nephites and going to the Lamanites, and through deceit, ends up being the king of the Lamanites and throughout this process he's he's very deceitful and subtle in his plans for instance when he's dealing with Lehontai who is the leader of a part of the army of the Lamanites the part that doesn't want to go to battle against the Nephites and Amalickiah is put in charge of the other part of the army, the part that is loyal to the king of the Lamanites, and he is supposed to go and recover these people that are with Lehontai. And he does it in a very sneaky way because 
he really just wants to be king over everybody and leader overall. And so he tricks Lehontai and talks Lehontai into letting him be second in command and then slowly poisons Lehontai so that Lehontai dies and Amalekiah is now the leader of all the armies. And he tries to tell Lehontai to come down off the mount where they are multiple times so that he can talk to him. And Lehontai really resists at first, but eventually he does meet with Lehontai. And I have this quote, which is in the manual from Elder Hales, and I loved it. And it says, The traitorous Amalekiah urged Lehontai to come down and meet him in the valley. But when Lehontai left the high ground, he was poisoned by degrees until he died, and his army fell into Amalekiah's hands. By arguments and accusations, some people bait us to leave the high ground. The high ground is where the light is. It is the safe ground. And I just love the way he puts that into perspective for us. In chapter 47, verse 13, it says, And it came to pass that when Lehontai had come down with his guards to Amalekiah, that Amalekiah desired him to come down with his army in the nighttime and surround those men in their camps, over whom the king had given him command, and that he would deliver them up into Lehontai's hands, if he would make him Amalekiah a second leader over the whole army. Now the reason I read this is because it's Amalekiah's proposal to Lehontai. He says, you come and surround my army at night while we're asleep, and then my men will want to surrender to you, and then you'll be in charge of the whole army. All you have to do is make me second in command. And this seems like an awesome plan, almost too good to be true. And Lehontai takes him up on it and continues with this plan. And that's really what causes his downfall. But what I tell my kids all the time is if something seems too good to be true, it's because it usually is. And I also tell them all the time, nothing is free. You know, you'll find these coupons or things where they say this is a free thing you can get well it's not really free because someone paid for it It, nothing comes totally free so there's an expense to somebody so we're either hurting others by making them pay for our free things or we're going to pay for it because it's some kind of a scam or something where they're luring us in thinking this is a great deal and then in the end we get scammed and we lose money or whatever the case may be. And this is what happens with Lehontai. It's a scam and he dies. So Amalekiah becomes king of the Lamanites through this process. He takes the army and kills the king and becomes the king. And he talks the Lamanites into going to battle against the Nephites. And he does this actually a couple of times. And the second time they have a lot of success in chapter 51 verse 27 it says thus had the lamanites obtained by the cunning of amalickiah so many cities by their numberless hosts all of which were strongly fortified after the manner of the fortifications of moroni all of which afforded strongholds for the lamanites now i find this interesting because at this time the nephites had just barely fortified all their cities and they'd they'd put tall mounds of dirt and on top of that they built these fences and on top of that they had pickets around their cities and they had watchtowers and they protected their watchtowers from arrows and stones so the people could constantly be watching for the enemy 
and they had all these defensive things in place. And still the Lamanite army was able to come in and capture many of these cities. And I got to thinking about that. The Nephites built these strong cities, but they were not unified within. At this time, there were a lot of battles going on inside about whether or not Pahoran should be the chief judge, and a lot of people didn't want to take up arms to defend their country because they felt like their country wasn't what they wanted it to be at the time, so they refused to fight for freedoms. And when I read about that, it makes me think of our country right now. We have so many arguments about who should be in charge, who shouldn't be in charge, and a lot of people who don't want to be respectful of our country, of our flag, of other things, and they, they feel like this is the way that they can show their protest, and it there's so much fighting going on within ourselves, and I think that's what's happening right with the Nephites at this time. They're not unified within, and so when the Lamanites come and attack, their defenses aren't sufficient to keep out the enemy, and I really took that to heart, both physically in our world today, that we need to be united so that when enemies strike, we have a united front and we can defeat them. But also, spiritually speaking, we're in the middle of a big spiritual war against Satan. And if we aren't united, it doesn't matter what defenses we put up. Satan can still get in. And I took that personally, especially in my home, and thought, are we united in our home? Are we united in our community? in our ward, in our areas, with our friends? Are we united in putting up, I keep using that word, but a united front against Satan and against his armies? Because if we're not, then it doesn't matter how many defenses, spiritual defenses, we put up in our home and in our lives. Satan will still find a way in. Next week, we are studying the rest of the Book of Alma, chapters 53 through 63. Have a great week.